Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and we've got a, uh, as always, we've got a great show for you this Thursday evening. We're going to be starting off here in uh, in just a few moments with another great round of Coach's Corner, and I've got two uh, fabulous uh, golf professionals joining me tonight, John Decker and Alicia uh, Larson, and I'll tell you a little bit about them. Uh, we were going to be joined by a third, John Weir, but unfortunately, he had uh, a personal emergency uh, this evening and had to uh, withdraw from tonight's panel discussion, but uh, uh, John and Alicia and I will, will certainly uh, be more than happy to pick up the slack uh, tonight. So uh, our thoughts are with you, John, and we hope uh, everything is all right. And I look forward to you joining us uh, on another Coach's Corner panel in the future. Um, but let me remind you, uh, everybody, of course, we are live every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 Central or 7 to 9 uh, for those of you on the East Coast and 4 to 6 for those uh, under Pacific time uh, on the blogtalkradio.com network. So best way to find us, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live or just simply type golf talk live uh, up in the search key and that will take you to the main page and of course we'll be right there front and center every thursday night on the live broadcast um, but for some reason if you can't join us live not to uh, not to worry you can just uh, visit that link and scroll down to the on demand section and that's where all of the shows will you will find them there in the recorded version uh, when it's convenient for you to, to tune in so if you can't join us live just go to the on demand section and listen to whatever program including tonight's uh, when it's convenient for you uh, some other great ways to tune into the program as well. Uh, you can visit iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now this year, TuneIn.com. And under the podcast section, uh, again, just type in Golf Talk Live, and uh, that will take you there. And you can listen to the, uh, the shows again in their entirety uh, whenever it is convenient for you. So lots of great ways to tune into the show. Uh, always love to hear from you. You're welcome to call in anytime on Thursday during our live broadcasts. Uh, again, the number to call is area code 646-716-4667. Uh, or you can certainly email any questions or comments to me personally about the show, uh, or maybe you're somebody in the golf profession and you'd like to perhaps be a guest, or maybe you're a teacher professional or, or golf coach and you'd like to sort of throw your hat in the ring, as it were, uh, here on the Coach's Corner panel. I think towards the end of the season, I've got a few openings that I can squeeze you in. So uh, by all means, reach out to me. My email address is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. That's ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And you can also uh, follow on social media. I update every week uh, who's going to be on the show and, and uh, some of the upcoming events. And you can go to facebook.com forward slash golf talk live blog. Make sure you have blog on the end. Uh, you can also uh, get some updates on linkedin.com, uh, which is a great business social media platform. And just search under my name, Ted Odorico, and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O is my correct spelling of the last name. And uh, under my post, you'll see uh, each and every show that's uh, been on. You'll see it posted there as well. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Ted and Buck CEO, and CEO, of course, is in capital letters. Uh, thank you for all of the recent followers. And uh, as I said, you'll get updates there as well. So lots of great ways to, to follow the program. 
uh, and to stay in touch. So just, uh, as I said, reach out any way you want. Uh, lots of good ways there. And uh, I'll tell you about them a little bit later on in the show. Again, just to give you a quick reminder. Uh, a little bit later in the show as well, after Coach's Corner, I'm going to be joined by my very good friend and special guest, Byron Casper, of course, son of legendary Billy Casper. Uh, he's a professional golfer and member of the International PGA since 97 and also the co-founder of the Billy Casper Golf Schools and Academies. So he'll be joining me on the second half of the show, but right now we're going to start off with another Coach's Corner panel. So let me bring uh, the panelists out, and let me tell you a little bit about them first, and then we'll get started in our evening's discussion. Uh, first up, of course, is John Decker. He's been on the show many, many times, uh, both as a guest and also as a, a pretty regular uh, Coach's Corner panelist. Uh, he's currently the teaching professional at the New Albany Country Club. In 2005, he was named Southern Ohio Teacher of the Year, and uh, he was prior to that, he was the head instructor at the Grand Cypress Academy of Golf in Orlando, uh, where he worked under a couple of great top uh, 100 instructors, uh, Fred Griffin and Phil Rogers. Uh, he's also un, uh, authored the book, Golf is My Life, Glorifying God Through the Game, uh, which also is accompanied by a great bubble, uh, Bible study uh, book. And he's also a motivational speaker that travels uh, literally all over the United States, uh, helping uh, a lot of great folks, not just with their golf game, but uh, on a spiritual journey as well. So you might want to uh, get in touch with John if uh, you'd like to have him come to your area. Also, uh, rounding up the panel uh, tonight, uh, she's been a guest on the show before, but never on the Coach's Corner panel, Alicia Larson. Uh, she's a Class A uh, LPGA teacher professional and founder and president of Gratitude Golf, LLC. Uh, she's also as well authored a book uh, called The Missing Link, uh, The Powerful Role of Self-Talk uh, in the Mind Game of Golf. And uh, she coaches everybody literally from beginning golfer, intermediate, right up to the advanced player. So lots of uh, great accolades for both of uh, my panelists tonight. And let me just welcome uh, both John and Alicia to the Coach's Corner panel tonight. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. All right. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to read out something very, very quickly just to sort of get the, the flow of the conversation going tonight. And then I'll... Uh, I'll uh, I think, John, what I'll do is I'll start off with you and, then, and Alicia, and then I'll rotate the, the, uh, the order out uh, as we go along. Um, what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, for those of you tuning into the show and for the benefit of the panelists, we're going to talk about uh, 10 reasons why golf uh, has been considered to be one of the ultimate, if not the ultimate, business tool. Uh, business golf is not uh, just surviving. It's, it's literally thriving uh, for the sake of, of your business or career. Uh, here are uh, some reasons that, that I've put together uh, why you want to be involved in golf. Benefit for business owners uh, sort of gravitating into the, the golf forum, and that is FaceTime with customers. Uh, there are a lot of great opportunities that presents itself. Um, you've worked with a lot of uh, individuals, whether it be for lessons, uh, whether it be group outings, that sort of thing. Talk a little bit about how from a business standpoint, the importance of FaceTime with customers. Well, thank you, Ted, for uh, having me on the show. And Alicia, I look forward to, to uh, the, the next hour with you as well. Um, the, it's a great question because, you know, when I was, uh, I remember as a little boy when I first started playing golf, I remember playing with uh, some men that were talking to me and we were out on the golf course and they were talking to me about the importance of saving money and, they were giving me business advice and I was about a 14 year old kid. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, you know, I'm getting advice from someone uh, as a kid that's, uh, you know, an expertise, their expertise was in uh, managing money. And uh, when I went to Grand Cypress and started teaching there, I worked a lot of corporate 
events and I would uh I literally would see deals being done on the golf course and I would have uh a, a lot of times when we had conventions come in I would have men and women come and take lessons with me and they would say to me John I never learned how to play golf everyone else is out playing golf I've got to learn how to play tomorrow we're going to be playing and I don't want to make a fool of myself and so I would be giving them literally a lesson for them to go out and and play on the course and so it really impacted me as a teacher and how important business is on the golf course. Um, and, and, and it happens every day. And, and because there's so many times, you know, we all start on the tee box and we're all together. And so many times, you know, you might be waiting on the group ahead of you. We all hit our shots and then right. we all kind of go our own separate ways. And then we all meet at the green again. And then we all meet at the tee box again. So there's always this, there's always group conversation and especially when you get into business settings, um, it, it's amazing. Uh, I can kind of be like a fly on the wall um, to to hear the discussions that that go on. And um, and and you know, it's a lot of times when when people are talking amongst them, you know, the, they're talking with their their colleague or or whatever. Uh, they might be discussing something that's over my head that I don't know anything about, but I'm always interested. I always like to know what other people do. So golf is just a great way for people to get together, share uh, ideas, uh, learn from each other. And then, you know, after the round, you go sit and have a beer and talk over, you know, more business. So there's uh, – and it, sometimes you, it might be talking about, you know, the latest games or things like that as well. So it's just a great way for people to get right. together and, of course, business being – part of that right exactly and and alicia you know uh, you know everybody talks about uh time is is a real uh issue right now people don't have a lot of time but to put things in perspective you know most average sales calls are lucky if uh you know you get maybe 10 15 20 minutes maximum uh to be able to work at, you know a, a prospect or a potential client um, but there's a lot of benefits to bringing some of those prospects or, or potential clients to the golf course. I mean, most rounds, obviously, if they're, if they're played in a timely fashion, uh, you're looking at four quality hours, as, as John pointed out, to, to be able to play. And as, as a CEO of a company, uh, what a great way to, to you know, get involved with customers and spend that quality time. Uh, and it's not just a matter of uh, you know, playing the game, but as John said, just having some dialogue and discussion maybe talk a little bit about some of your experience as well and some of the benefits that, that uh, you know, you've seen yourself through some of the students you've worked with who maybe are business, uh, business owners as well. What are, what's some of the feedback you've gotten? Yeah, I mean, most definitely that you get to know people when you get spend four, five, six hours sometimes um, on the golf course. And yeah. I, I think that it's you get to know the person much more in-depth than if you had a – 20 minute to 30 minute conversation you you can see sometimes uh, you know maybe the attitudes that you don't want to see or how they deal with adversity and they'll actually take those characteristics and say you know to me is that how he or she is going to deal with adversity in the office or you know, even even to that extent and i i feel that you know there's a lot of things that are being observed by somebody who might be hiring somebody or just doing a business deal with them and saying do i want to do business with them um, if you get more of a of a of a solidified relationship with them in four, five, six hours versus, you know, uh, just a phone call, you you have a much more likely uh, 
chance of getting that job or getting that deal or or setting it and just they you feel better about that person you know overall and so i've had I've had a lot of business women that I've you know kind of a, as far as like equip them with the knowledge to as to what to do and um you know i I actually did some some uh, business um retreats and things like that with women and said how important this is for them to to implement golf into their into their business life so I've seen it many, many times. I've I've helped women buy clubs and you know get ready and equipped, and so it's it is so important for them to be able to know the importance of their role in this in this game in this game of golf. I, I really firmly believe that. Right, and and, and well said, both of you. Um, you know, guys, here here's something too that I think, and, and Alicia, you you sort of brushed along this uh, in your your response. And that is in preparation, uh, particularly for a lot of women. Uh, it's still in a lot of ways, even though there's been some great LPGA professionals that have been playing for, for many, many decades. But for women, especially business owners in general that are fairly new to the market, uh, golf is still pretty new to a lot of them. And, you know, one of the you know, comments we often hear is, well, what do I do when I, when I get to the golf course? You know, how do I, uh, you know, what's the first thing I do? Where do I park? Where do I you know, do I drop my clubs off? And what's, what's the sort of protocol? What are some of the rules? And I think it's important, um, obviously, that we educate uh, a lot of our, our, uh, our customers, if you will, or our golf uh, students on, on how to sort of conduct themselves when they get to the golf course, what they need to do. And I think that sort of falls uh, into uh, sort of the etiquette of the game, if you will. It's not just about on the golf course, but it's even sometimes coming into to the parking lot uh, and, and getting ready for, uh, you know, sort of pre-round, if you will, uh, getting some of those things. Um, mm-hmm. Alicia, I want to bounce back to you and, and talk about one of the other things that I think um, we know as golf professionals working in and out every day, um, but for those that maybe don't get to play a lot, and that is the, the serene surroundings on the golf course. I mean, uh, you know, you can plan a, a client meeting in an office surrounded, you know, I mean, where else can you do uh, you know, have water and, and nature and sand instead of, you know, four white walls. Um, this certainly <laughs> creates a much more relaxed and friendly environment in which to do business. And we all know that that's one of the reasons we're in this game is we enjoy uh, the beautiful scenery that we quite often see. Um, you know, so that's obviously something I'm sure that you talk a lot uh, uh, with some of your students as well and, and just remind them uh, about uh, just the beauty that uh, they can see out on these golf courses, correct? Sure, that's what motivates them. It's the high point. You know, it's like one of the high points of my presentation is saying, you know, you can get out in nature and experience that. But on the flip side of that, they're sitting there going, yes, I I understand that, but I don't have a game or I really need to learn because I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. So that's what that piece is really the driving force behind you. They see that serene and that all that stuff that's tempting to be out there and do business out there and the in the nature and everything. And, but yet they're, that's sometimes the, the main reason why they decline an invitation is uh, because they're, they're fearful of, you know, holding somebody, you know, being the worst person on the team or, you know, I, I'm going to sure. hold somebody up or I'm just going to look really bad. So though they, you know, that's where, that's where instruction comes in, you know, to say, let's go from start to finish. And so one of the things that I do in one of my programs is I take, you know, I'll, I'll go through the basics and the fundamentals and, you know, they don't maybe somebody doesn't know like all the clubs and their function and all that. But, you know, at the end of that, 
one of the sessions that we go we go to a golf course and I show them how to okay we're all driving up to right. the parking lot here and here's what you do there's a bag drop and you know sometimes there's you know people out there to greet you and sometimes there isn't but you can drop your bag there and you know so I just kind of go through the whole scenario with them so that they know what to do and and they kind of learn the drill if you will um you know so one of the things too that I wanted to mention is when I I told my attorney mm-hmm. one time I she wanted to bring myself and two other of her really high end clients and she's you know she said I just she's going to look really good when she does that because she you know she had the course this is the course we're playing we'll meet you at this time here's the dress code she had all the organizational skills and everything just nailed to a team right. you know just boom I got this and she looked awesomely you know just awesome just incredibly like wow this this lady's got it together so if you do play if you're if you're hosting somebody like a you know like somebody a CEO coming into town or whatever and you have all of this organized and you know exactly what to do you're going to really look good and then you go out and you they want the game to go with it so that's that's where the instruction part is really important but they they want the, right. the whole and, package which i you know is completely understandable right and and, and well said and and that's a, a very key point as well is you know and you're exactly right Alicia i think a lot of people uh, and particularly uh, certainly not trying to pick on them but particularly uh, I think a lot of women, one of their greatest fears is because they are uh, a little bit newer to the game, they don't want to look um, foolish or, or silly or inept on the golf course. So they're very shy uh, to sort of get out of the gate. But once they get out there and, you know, maybe get a few lessons under their belts and, and get out there and actually start to, to have some fun, uh, you know, then, then they'll just sort of cut loose and, 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 and just have a great mm-hmm. time. And I think as, as more and more women – uh, golf professional or not golf professionals, but business professionals, excuse me, uh, come out and, and just get over that initial hurdle. I think you're going to see it really. And it is taking off now. Um, John, mm-hmm. something else too, I think that, uh, that I want to ask you about and, and sort of uh, piggybacking on to what Alicia just talked about uh, from the instructor standpoint, it, it's not just about giving lessons, but there's a lot of people that may not understand the benefits and uh, of, of bringing customers and clients and there's a lot of different things that we can do. It's not just a matter of hosting a, a corporate event uh, or a corporate um, that, that maybe we can get involved with, um, but it might also be having uh, maybe you hosting a clinic uh, for a particular organization and allowing them to bring some of their uh, prospects and even, even some of their current clients uh, to come out and enjoy a, a, a sort of a customized, tailored event. Is that something that you try to do as well as, as sort of the general traditional uh, corporate outings? Yes, um, I've done, when I was at, at Grand Cypress where I started my first you know, 20 years or so of teaching, um, I was doing corporate events practically every day. Um, some of them, we we work with DuPont and some of the major companies, and they would come in for three days, and we would work with them, instruction, go out and play golf with them. When I came to the private club at New Albany, um, I've had many people who've come up to me and said, you know, I'm entertaining three to six. I've had as many as 12 uh you know customers and um and some of the people would be customers and some of the people would be uh would would be uh you know working would be hosting and so you know i would always talk to the main person and say because as far as i'm concerned everyone's a customer you know so i have to look at who is there someone that you really want me to spend more and they would always say all right i really want you to spend time with 
these five people because these five people are the customers and these other four, you know, give them some time, but the five, you know, these are our main customers and we want to make sure. So I would give them more time. Other times they would say, no, it doesn't matter. And you know, it would, I would do it equally. Um, that is probably my favorite uh, clinic to teach. And, and you have mixed groups you have. Um, and it's always amazing how much better the customers do because they're not paying for it. They don't feel the pressure of that. Right. Um, they're relaxed. It's a business setting. Right. They're sitting there. Um, you know, usually there might be some, you know, a bar and they might have a drink or two and you're teaching them. So that it's just a relaxed atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. I've, I really enjoy that. And, um, you know, it's uh, something that doesn't happen every day at the private club, but I, I do every year I'm doing that. So uh, something I enjoy a lot. Yeah, and I think the other – you touched on a great point. The, the idea is, um, you know, a lot of times when a company wants to bring some of their corporate clients, uh, you know, to the golf course, it's not always about playing. First off, they may not have four or five hours uh, to commit. Um, they're busy. Many of their clients and customers are busy. Um, you can host, a, 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 you know, an hour and a half, a two-hour clinic, which might include, uh, you know, a, a drink or two after, whatever the case may be. Um, it's a more relaxed, uh, you know, setting. It's there's there's really no pressure involved. It's just about you more or less, uh, you know, showing some some techniques or showing some uh, things that may help them improve their game. So it's really more of an observation uh, setting for them, uh, as opposed to getting out there and always having to play. And and as I said, sometimes a lot of uh, our corporate clients don't always have the the time uh, to be able to commit to four or five hours. But this is a great way for a lot of business folks out there to take advantage of their local golf professional uh, and, and come out there and, and work something out like that and bring some of their, uh, you know, their long-term clients and maybe even some new prospects, uh, give them a chance to sort of see how they, they act uh, on, the, on the golf course or at the, at the practice tee. Um, the other thing, too, uh, John, I'm going to piggyback on you again here. Okay. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, of course, uh, Alicia mentioned about, you know, sort of the business intelligence. Uh, you know, we've got them for several hours on the golf course. Uh, as, as a CEO, you get a chance to, if you're looking at hiring new people, uh, you get a chance to see or, or promoting people, how they conduct themselves under a pressure situation. Uh, great, great uh, feedback for, for a CEO or for senior management to be able to see how their fellow employees uh, handle themselves uh, in, in the clinch of a, of a, a corporate tournament. Uh, the other thing as well, uh, it also uh, gives you an idea of, of, you know, who are the more honest employees as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's that as well. Uh, so there's a lot of information gathering. Um, and, and those are things that, that I'm sure that you've had conversations with some of your, your business clients that come out um, that maybe want to, uh, you know, take advantage of some of the clinics that you've done. But here's another area as well that I think a lot of people overlook that golf really brings together. And that is friendships that become forged over time. I don't think and, and can't think of anything else in my mind, any other sport or game that does that as well as golf does. What are your thoughts? There's no doubt about that. I mean, I, you know, I, in fact, I talk a lot about that in my book. Um, uh, you know, uh, the, when you look at uh, over your lifetime as a you know lifetime of playing golf, the, some of the greatest conversations and the, and the greatest experiences I've had as a teaching professional and as a player, uh, especially growing up, have been on the golf course with family and friends. And um, you you get to 
literally spend um, uh, uh, you, a lot of times when you're on the golf course, you're spending more time with a person than that that person's spouse actually gets to spend with them uh, that day because uh, right. you are five, six hours. Sometimes I've been with groups all day long where we start in the morning and we're having dinner at night. And I mean, by by the end of the day, I know their children's names and I know what their favorite team is. And I know, you know, a lot about them. And it's amazing how people will open up to you uh, on the golf course about things that have nothing to do with golf. And so you're right. You, you develop those friendships. And now with social media, uh, you can really, it makes it so much easier to, to develop groups. That's a great way to market, um, you know, as a golf professional is when you, you know, as soon as you get done playing with someone, you know, ask them if they're on social media, go that route, connect with them that way. Uh, you can kind of keep up with them, um, whether it be online instruction, whether it be them emailing you questions about what driver to buy. You know, there's just so many ways, so many things that you gain with that that time, and you can't, you could never get that experience in um, just a dinner conversation with someone or uh, maybe a meeting, a business meeting. Uh, I think golf is the ultimate team building way for corporations to come in, mm -hmm. expose their employees, expose their, uh, the people that work there with, with, uh, a, a game that they can use uh, in their business, uh, they can use in their personal life. And it's a way to, um, you know, really bring a team together. So it's great all, all around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well said. And, and Alicia, you know, John sort of led into a, a great uh, point here with things like social media and uh, and travel and that. Um, you know, a lot of our business professionals, especially those maybe in the insurance industry or, or that type of, of uh, business model that have to travel a lot, maybe a regional manager might be coming into a district where they might have, uh, you know, a, a half a dozen or so uh, sales professionals or support staff. Uh, what a great way uh, to really reinforce that team building by, you know, bringing them out to the golf course, whether they're playing around or, or some other uh, corporate outing. Um, obviously, that's something I know that you would encourage as well and, and uh, maybe can share some experience uh, how, you know, people using social media and other methods like that are able to connect with one another. And if they're coming into, you know, your area or my area or something, they can ahead of time say, hey, I'm going to be in the area uh, you know, maybe we can connect for a round. Uh, talk a little bit about that and, and maybe some experiences that you've, you've had yourself. Yeah, it's, it, you know, social media gives us such a, a great link to stay connected. And uh, I, I think that uh, some of my friends, like in the LPGA, that if they have a student that's like moving to a certain area and they're in business and they, they say, you know, would you be able to, you know, I've got a friend over out in Columbus that will, start giving you lessons if you want to get connected with her or, or if they have, you know, we're having a, I've had many business people. One of my students is in, in the insurance business and she certainly, you know, has asked me to play in pro-ams with her. And so there's, there's many opportunities for me as a golf professional having business people as students to be able to, to, you know, play in that and, and, and meet new people and then they meet new people. But when they bring their pro, it's, it's really kind of a feather in their cap that they say, I've got a pro that will play in a pro-am with me. And that's a great little business tool as well. And they, you know, they'll, they'll put that, that on Facebook if, you know, if they have a winning team or, you know, the EWG has a great oh, yeah. uh, organization that has those, you know, f those, those tournaments. And I've, I've got girls, I've got women that came to my golf center all winter um, as a team um, saying, this is our EWGA team. 
and uh, they're they practiced all winter long, getting ready for the season and trying to get back to the the nationals tournament. So, you know, it's a, it's a buzz right now. And you know, the LPGA is asking. They called me up and asked me if I wanted to host a golf 101 to try to get 30,000 more women playing golf. And so I'm hosting one of those here this summer. And so there's you know there's a lot of opportunity for all of us to to step up you know step up and get these ladies on board and and you know kind of stimulate the the activity with golf and business and you know the media just you know that their the LPGA is helping me with social media to get that out and so there's a lot more ways to advertise things and and you know and post hey I you know I played in this tournament or whatever and and try to do that team building it's uh, it's a great time I think it's a great time to be in golf for sure yeah and and that's uh, you know another great point thank you for that uh, Alicia I think that you know for the most part you know, people understand the general um, concept of, of golf, but there's still a lot of people, surprisingly enough, uh, especially um, smaller uh, companies or, or, you know, maybe one or two, three employee uh, entrepreneurs out there that, that don't have big organizations thinks, well, you know, I, I don't have the resources, but there are so many opportunities in golf. Uh, again, you don't necessarily have to commit uh, certainly early on to, to you know, playing uh, golf. There's other uh, types of events and things, uh, clinics that, that uh, many of the professionals offer in their uh, local area. So uh, I, I encourage a- any business professionals that are tuning in out there that maybe have not, uh, or maybe sitting on the fence and not sure how to go about it, that they reach out to their local uh, uh, PJ or, or LPJ teacher professional and, uh, and talk to them about some of the many opportunities that they have. Because there are, uh, Alicia and John, as you both have pointed out here tonight, there are some great opportunities uh, to, to really take your business to a whole another nev- level while at the same time maybe working on it and helping your golf game a little bit uh, along the way. So, um, uh, Alicia, mm-hmm. again, take a, a deep breath, and we're going to come right back to you on this one. Um, gifting, you know, perfect gifting. I mean, golf has so many different uh, little little trinkets, if you will, um, that make great gifts for, for business people, you know, whether it be logoed hats, towels, uh, maybe – you know, if you're somebody that's traveled, uh, what a great way to, uh, again, um, kind of spoil your, your, your clients a little bit by giving them, uh, you know, something with your logo on it, especially if you know that they play golf. Um, you know, uh, again, I'm sure that's something that you've, uh, you know, helped or encouraged some of your business uh, contacts that you've uh, helped out on the golf course with uh, to really take mm-hmm. advantage of that, maybe with uh, your logo or, or, you know, a logo of a course that you're working with, um, you know, to help or, or their own branding. What a great way to, to get their name out there. Uh, maybe touch on that a little bit, some of the things that you've done. Yeah. That, you know, I, it's kind of the typical, you get pens and things like that with your website on there. And um, I, I just actually looked in, in a box that I had here at the golf center and I had some of those uh, poker chip things from one of my insurance company friends and students and she had ball mark fixers and you know the, the so she handed those out and those are you know everybody likes to get a goodie bag at the outings and so the the, the fatter you can make sure. that the better um and but yet sometimes everything just kind of goes to the wayside but i you know i think they like the they like to get stuff in their bag in their you know in, a, in an outing so it's you know i've encouraged uh, my friends who are in the business, if they, if they, you know, wanted to put something, if when I have my gratitude golf outing, um, if they want to have something in the, in there to, you know, promote their business. And I'm always trying to support, you know, businesses through the game and, 
and support my students as best I can. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities there too to to, to give things out and and I've got towels with my logo on it and I put those I give those to my kids that are in my academy and things like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. those are those are there's a lot of stuff. There's so much of the the magazines you can choose from. So many things. Um, some are kind of you know faddish if you will, and they just go by the wayside but some kind of stick and sure. they, they hang around for a while so it's it's a good thing to, I, I think it's a fun thing to do well and i think the the the, the key really point of it is uh, you know for a business owner or uh for golf professionals like ourselves that, that maybe want to keep our name or our our brand identification out in front of uh our clients and customers what a great way to do that and and you know i mean I know that there are so many other things that you can do, but golf is very unique in that way. I mean, everybody's, uh, you know, like when they go to a golf outing, like you said, they'll get a grab bag or something, and it'll be full of all kinds of things, tees and golf balls and things like that, uh, mm-hmm. towels, what have you. Um, and it's just a great way of giving something that you know is going to get, for the most part, is going to get used. Um, everybody's always needs some golf tees or golf balls. Uh, it certainly will wear uh, – you know, a, a golf hat or what have you, or the towel. Uh, so there's a lot of great things. And there's so many other things that have been done as well. Um, but even a golf, uh, a, a mug or something uh, with their branding on it, you know, lots of people that might drink coffee will keep that on their desk. And and uh, so it's just a great way for business people to, one other tool that they can have uh, that sort of ties it all together. And that's something they can do by inviting their clients to, uh, to the golf course, whether it be for a round, some sort of a corporate outing uh, or a golf clinic, as, as we talked about earlier with John. Uh, it's a great way for business mm-hmm. uh, folks to to keep engaged with their clients. Um, John, I'm going to come back to you. And, and you know, I think one of the things that I like uh, about golf, and, and I'm sure we would all agree here on the panel, is golf is, by definition, a game for life. Uh, it's a sport that obviously suits all ages, uh, backgrounds, and abilities. Uh, and obviously, thanks to, uh, to our wonderful handicap system, people uh, with widely different abilities can play uh, together and still compete. So, you know, as an example, a 60-something CEO can uh, maybe still beat the 30-something prospect or employee. And, yeah. and uh, on the flip side, the 30-something executive can look forward to, uh, you know, decades of on-course meetings and deals. So uh, that's something that you don't always get to do on a squash court or a tennis court. So, um, you know, it truly is a game for life. So what are your thoughts? Well, there's, that's uh, really one of the things, especially with junior golfers, that I try to really stress. And and um and and a lot of times you'll get a kid that maybe um you know they're not the most athletic and and they like it from a from a um from a social standpoint you know with their friends and stuff but they don't really have the desire uh maybe to make the high school golf team they just want to play to have fun and and the, one of the things that I always say to them is is I say you know one day you're going to grow up and you're going to you know graduate from college and you're going to be out in the in the real world and I said, if you know how to play this game, it is really going to open up doors for you. You might be able to get a job because you know how to play golf, or you might be able to close a deal, or you might be able to make a sale. So I always try to emphasize that, and I do that in our junior camps as well. I say that uh, to a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, ladies as well um, who are maybe in their teenage teenage years or high school uh, years, and, and try to emphasize to them that hey, you know, there's a lot of golf scholarships out there for women. Uh, and this is a game that, you know, you have an opportunity to possibly get an education. When you look at it from just um, being able to play the rest of your life, I mean, 
um, you know, there's not many games where my father, I'm, you know, my fifties and my father's in his seventies. And, uh, you know, my um, niece is uh, a six year old. We could all go out and play golf together. And there's not, you know, there's not many games where uh, we might play games that we don't enjoy and she enjoys or um, she and, you know, but, but to be able to play a game where everyone's in, playing, where everyone's having, having fun and enjoying it and able to play from different tees, uh, whether you're playing from the forward tees or the back tees and, and uh, you know, just a, it's, it is a game of a lifetime, no doubt. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've played, um, with a lot of different people, uh, again, young and old, which is, is, has been really one of the great things. And that's really something you can't say about a lot of other sports. You know, obviously when I'm, I'm in my, uh, you know, close to my mid fifties, I just turned 54 actually uh, a couple of months ago. So I'm, I'm creeping up to that, that middle needle in fifties and you You're know, still young, Ted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I promise you, I, I was. Because I'm right behind you. I'm but, 51, so you're you're uh, we're still very young. That's the way I look at it. I know. I, I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, I wasn't fishing for a compliment, but thank you, John. I'll take it when it, when it comes. Um, but you know, I, I think, guys, one of the things that that I really enjoy uh, about golf, John, as you said, is is the diversity. Is again, you don't have to be a great player. Uh, you don't have to be somebody battling it out on the LPGA or PGA tours um, or, you know, playing collegiate golf. This is something for all uh, ability levels. And because of the handicap system, uh, a 30 handicap player uh, can certainly present and have a challenging game with somebody that's maybe a 10 or, or even, uh, uh, you know, a 15 handicap. And, and there's some advantages to be had. So, um, you know, you don't feel just because you're not a, a top-notch player that you can't compete. Uh, if, if you so choose. So there's lots of uh, diversity there. And I also like to, as, as we all get a little bit uh, older, um, you know, sometimes our, our physical abilities uh, are not what they once were. Golf is, is a game that, you know, many, many people play well into their 70s, 80s, and even 90s and beyond. So uh, again, that's a, uh, something that a lot of other sports, most people have a difficult time with. But golf, uh, there's so many variables that, uh, that blend right in. Um, Alicia, I want to come back to you, and I know you've already talked a little bit about that, uh, about this next uh, topic, but I want to maybe expand a little bit more. But I want to read something first, and, and this is really advantage for women. Uh, and, and for those business women out there, uh, certainly it, it's a great advantage, but playing golf is even a greater advantage. And something that uh, Adrian Wax, uh, who co-authored uh, the following book, uh, even par, how golf helps uh, women gain the upper hand in business, says the following. Uh, outside the office, you can communicate differently with your higher uh, uh, level peers and get to know one another in a way that office uh, that the office can't provide. Uh, being able to talk golf in the office gives you a chance to bond with the bigwigs. And if you can talk about golf, suddenly you have reasons to talk with the CEO. So uh, very true statement. Uh, first off, would you agree? And, and obviously, uh, for women, you don't necessarily have to be the owner of a company um, but somebody that's in a company that uh, maybe gets involved uh, in corporate outings and things like that, this is a great opportunity for you to get into the game, go and take some lessons, you know, meet with your, your local uh, LPGA professional and maybe find some time, set some time 
to learn a little bit about the game, not just how to play, but a little bit about the game and the history and so forth, so that you can have those conversations and you're not sort of being left in the wayside. What do you think about that? Well, I totally agree with you on the first comment that it's that it is advantageous. Uh, and you know, I've seen so many women. Like I had a CEO of a of a uh, hospital down here in Pickerington area uh, that that came to me and said, "I, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to buy six lessons from you." I've kind of played some golf, but I'm, you know, I, I just want to get, I, I got to play in this outing and I'm playing with some really big wigs and I really need to not look silly. And so she was very nervous about it. And I told her, I said, here's, you know, you're going to, you're, you're fine. You're equipped with, you know, this, this swing, your swing is better. You know, you got great clubs now and, and all this. So I said, you just got to go out there and, and, and pretend that you belong there because you do belong there. Because women have a sense of I don't I'm not you know I don't, I don't belong out here but they really truly do, so we're trying to encourage those women who are kind of thinking about it or have turned down so many countless times invitations to play golf and watching all the guys go out the door and saying you know I no I, I'm not this time thank you though and kind of wishing secretly that they would have you know the ability to say yes and I I have an enormous passion for that because I want women I want more women to play this game. And funny thing is that that right. CEO from the hospital, she was like texting me and saying, you know, on the course when she's playing, oh my gosh, they just used my drive. You know, she was she had a good swing and she's on the forward tees. You know, <laughs> of course you say you just used your right. drive. You know, like you, you can hit it really well, and you if you connect on one of those. And she was like, they just used my drive again. You know, I was so hilarious, but I loved it because that's exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I want them to do is get out there and just experience and not be so afraid, but. You know, the, the truth of the matter is when they go out there, they, they do see predominantly, they, we see more men on the golf course. And quite sure. frankly, men right. don't even really care if they don't look good. They, they're they out there and they're like some do, but most of them, they're out there just, they like yeah, to yeah. just go. And if they hack it around, they hack it around and they really don't care. They love being out there. Women, on the other hand, have this kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to hold anybody up. And, you know, my husband told me I'm supposed to, you know, do this or do that. And they just have this, they have this kind of, you know, really glass ceiling above them. And I just try to break it all the time. I just say, look, you know, go out there and I give them coping ways to cope with, you know, playing if they're a little new and, you know, I, you just give them, you get equip them with tools to cope, you know, being out there. But they, I, I absolutely categorically agree that more women, if you're thinking, if you're a businesswoman listening to this right now, you should be connecting with somebody in your area and say, just give me the basics and help me to understand more about what I need to do to get started on this to, because I really want to integrate golf into my business. You'll, you will never regret it. You'll never regret that move ever because, because golf is such a great game. Right. As John mentioned, it's a game of a lifetime and we can play it forever. And, you know, we, we see the founders of the LPGA and they're still promoting golf. And it's so great to see these older players that just still love the game so much and want all of us LPGA professionals to fire going. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what, you know, that our, our LPGA says we, we, they want us as teachers out in the, in the, in the throes of, of teaching and to act like founders. And that's what we try to do. We right. try to act like founders all the time. Like we want to, we want to grow this game all the time. Right. Well said. And, and uh, some great points. And let me just add to that, just on, on a side note, um, I had the pleasure of interviewing on the show here, uh, Shirley Spork, who of course is one of the founders oh, we're yeah. talking about. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, let me tell you, 
uh, Shirley is just as passionate today uh, as she was when she first started out with the LPJ tour. So um, she's just full of energy and, and uh, you know, obviously she's uh, uh, much, uh, much more mature uh, age wise now than what she was then, but uh, still has the same passion and drive and, and just really wants to, to do everything that she can just to, to let women, as you said, to sort of break that glass ceiling. Let me just add, add a, one other quick point here to the women. I know that there are many of you that, that tune into the show each and every week. And let me just say this. First and foremost, don't take lessons from your husband. Uh, go to a, Agree. a go to your local teaching professor. Uh, you know, we, we want to, we want to change the divorce. We want to change the, change the divorce rate uh, in the United States and, 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 and decrease that number down much like we want to bring your, yeah. your, your uh, handicaps down. So um, don't listen to your husband. If he tells you to do this, just say yes, dear. And then head right to your, your local uh, club professional. Yeah. Let them uh, give you the, the real Amen. scoop because uh, I'll tell you, that that's a that's a, a nightmare waiting to happen. Um, but the other thing too is, and you're right. One of the things one of the things that I found guys very, very interesting. Uh, I I've had the pleasure over the years, and I used to do this purposely. Um, I would many times I loved going up to to my local golf course, and uh, and I would join in with you know a, a twosome or threesome that was uh, coming up, and I always purposely tried to look for um, the women predominantly because certainly at that time, I'm talking about uh, several, several years back, uh, again, women were even newer and I knew that they would be nervous and uncomfortable. And I was always a very relaxed and sort of laid back and easy type uh, going personality, not overly, I mean, as much as I can be competitive at times, uh, I was a, a great partner to, to, to be with. And I enjoy playing with them because just as you pointed out, Alicia, you know, they would get so excited when they hit a, a great shot and it might only be one or two in the round, but they'd be talking about that, um, you know, until the cows come home where conversely with the men, they might hit, you know, 20 or 30 or, or even, you know, 50 great shots, but they'd be talking about that one bad shot they hit on hole number seven. Uh, you know, so it just goes to show you the mindset women, we'll tend to focus on more of the positive where men will sort of just hack it around and, and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, my point being is that I think that once women sort of get bitten by the bug, if you will, I think that more and more of them are going to realize what a great opportunity, not just from a business standpoint, but from a personal standpoint. And I think also too, um, I've had a lot of women tell me that, you know, they would love to find other ways to, to do things, you know, uh, with their partner and, uh, golf is a great way. Obviously, a lot of men play golf. Um, many wives still don't play golf. They would love to be able to go out there, but they're afraid to because they know they can't, uh, you know, compete at that time, and, and they're a little bit shy about taking that first step. So, um, by all means, ladies, if you're listening, go on and, and connect with your with your local uh, teacher professional. Um, the last one, guys, that we're going to talk about real quick is is networking, and I know we've sort of brushed on that throughout the conversation tonight. Um, but one of the great things about golf is that you know, you, as I just pointed out, you can just sort of show up a club and, and at a club and get in a game. And depending on your business, you can look for, you know, two or three prospects each and every time that you tee it up. So what a great way, John, uh, to be able to add to your, your business repertoire. Instead of bringing uh, corporate clients or existing clients, you can just show up at a golf course. Maybe you're, as I said, maybe you're an insurance agent or something like that. And that doesn't mean you, you browbeat them when you get there. Um, but what a great opportunity to, to network 
uh, while you're playing a, a great game of golf. What are your, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen that happen many times where, where you'll get paired up uh, with uh, maybe uh, one or two people, maybe three that you don't know. And at, at the end of the round, um, the business cards come out. Um, they start pulling their cell phones out, getting contact information. Um, and it might be for social reasons. It might be for business reasons or both. I have seen that um, probably a million times in my lifetime on the golf course. Um, and, and it's just something that happens all the time. And, and people who are, um, you know, I've always said that when you're the majority of people that are on the golf courses, um, they're, they're usually successful. They're outgoing. They're people that are going to be, um, you know, out, out in the business world. And so, um, you know, that is a very important part of, of golf. Um, and it doesn't have to be uh, done, you know, in a way that's uh, tacky or, you know, obviously some guys when they're out sure. there, their blinders are on and they're playing golf. But but at the end of the round, uh, it, you know, golf is, you know, you, when you watch a basketball game or football game, or they don't all get together when they're done playing against each other and go sit down and have a beer or, or, uh, or whatever their favorite beverage is. Uh, in golf, you know, that's part of the experience and is going to the 19th hole, talking about the round, uh, and, and then you start really seeing the conversations open up even more. If they haven't opened up on the golf course, they always open up <laughs> at the 19th hole. And so um, I just think that it's if you are in the business world, uh, if you do not know how to play the game of golf, Learning how to play this game, uh, number one, you have a game of lifetime. But number two is you have a way that's actually going to help you in, the, in your business um, because you will, you will run across someone um, who will either open a door for you or you might um, you know, bring you more business or more opportunity. Uh, so I would encourage everyone to, to, to you know, learn the game. Uh, go f seek out uh, professional instruction. I agree 100% about husbands teaching their wives uh, th that comment because yeah. <laughs> I see more I see more problems because the majority of the men who are who even if they're and I see guys who are who are good players try to teach their wives uh, being a good player doesn't mean you're a good teacher. Uh, and so right. teaching is different than playing. And so it's important that you you go and you get uh, instruction from someone who is going to, uh, you know, be able who does it for a living. And so I, I, whether you're male or female, I would encourage that. So, um, yeah, it's a great, great uh, way to network. And I see it every day at work. Yeah. And just. <laughs> Just on a, a, another side note on that, and that's a great point. And the reason why I brought that up is I, I've actually, uh, you know, over the years, I've had a lot of um, women uh, who I've, I've taught uh, this great game. And I've even specifically told them, I don't even want to see your husband in the parking lot until it's time to either pick you up uh, to, to take you out for dinner or whatever the case may be. Because the other uh, pet peeve that I always have is there's nothing worse than, than teaching your student and the husband's chiming in, you know, from 20 feet behind saying, yeah. you know, you need to do this dear. And let, you know, because that's frustrating for her. And, and let me tell you guys, for those guys that are listening out there, they're thinking, well, you know, maybe I'm going to take my wife out and uh, take her to the golf course, introduce her to the, the golf professional and let him or her do their job and, and then step exactly. away. I promise you, you'll not only save your marriage, but, 
you'll uh, you'll enjoy the experience much better down the road. Um, uh, Alicia, you know, as John pointed out, you know, after the round is is a, a great way to sort of unwind and and, and uh, talk about things. But one of the, the reasons why I wanted to do this segment tonight, uh, and I, I kind of touched on it just a few moments ago uh, about social media. One of the things that I like about golf is that I think in this day and age, too many people have been hiding behind their computer screen or their uh, tablet or their you know, phones, whatever the case may be, and they're not really connecting and communicating with one another. Um, obviously, you can't do that on the golf course. You, you have to talk to one another, or at least you should be talking to one or your other. Communication is a big, big issue in business, and I think we need to, as a society to step out from behind our, our you know, social media devices. There's a time and a place for them, but we need to get back to communicating, and what a better place and a better way to do that than out on the golf course. What do you think? I completely agree, and there's so many facets to that. It's like I had one of my high school girls say that she wanted to go out on a day that was during their spring break or um, one day she had offer with, you know, that they didn't have school for a teacher um, in service or whatever. And, you know, she said, yeah, coach, I'm going out. And I got a 9.30 tea time, and she went out and played golf with two older gentlemen, and they became friends. You know, they, they, they there, there was no phones or anything. There's nothing. You're just playing golf with older people. She, you know, said she had a great time with these guys. You know, they, they she was by herself. And uh, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no interference. Um, you know, when I, when my kids are on the team, I'm like, you put your phones down. You can't, you can't have them, you know, when, when we're at practice or anything <laughs> like that. So they, they have to put them away when right. I have my academy and we're doing super Saturday sessions. We have to put our phone in a little basket and say, your mom and dad, no, you're here. You're all here with me. It's all good. Um, they're coming to get you in two or three hours. So we don't need your phone. So we put them in a basket or, you know, we put them, just put them aside, put them away, whatever. But it, it just, it's interesting, and I think that, you know, people get really, like, i got to check my phone. I've got to see what's going on or if I've missed anything or, you know, so it's really, it is a distraction, and it's it's nice to be able to go out with somebody and, and not hear the ringer in their phone, in their in their bag. Um, you know, okay, like, can we just agree that we're going to be here yeah. for four or five hours and just be present? You know, just can we just be present with each other? And, you know, I try to encourage that all the time, you know, with, with people that are, I even had my kid, one of my kids today said that they had a, there's, there's a thing called phantom notification. I don't know if you've heard of that, but literally they have a feeling no. in their, they, they think they felt their, they really think they felt their phone buzz. Well, by <laughs> and, it, and there's no, there's no notification. Literally they have this right. sense that they, I'm like, you're kidding me. They go, no, it's called phantom notification, Alicia. Don't you know that coach? I'm like, no, I, I'm, I haven't been, I'm not privy to that one yet, but. I am now, I guess, you know, they literally have that now where they feel like their phone is vibrating and it's not, they'll look at their phone and there's no notification. So that's how programmed we are now. And it's crazy. It's crazy. So I love the fact that when you go out on the golf course, you're, you're, you're out there. I I don't want to be interrupted with the phone at all. Yeah. You're you're well said. Yeah. And and that's really the the purpose that I, I wanted us to talk about tonight was really sort of the underlying uh, theme, if you will. Uh, obviously, there's some great opportunities that, that can be had by business professionals. And I think we need to disengage, uh, not just from social media, but sometimes from the electronic, uh, you know, unless it's a, a range finder or, or a GPS device or something, if you want to use that, that's fine. But I even believe in not using that uh, when, when and wherever possible, 
uh, I think, uh, you know, just to, to, to use your, your natural uh, God-given instincts, if you will, uh, for lack of better words. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that we as a society have gotten so used to this technology, and there is a place for it, don't get me wrong, but I think as a business owner or a, an executive, if you're tuning into the show tonight, what I want you most importantly to take away from this is the human interaction with one another that takes place out in the golf course. You can have fun. Uh, it can be competitive if you so, if you so choose. Uh, it can be informative. There are so many uh, variables and adjectives that you can throw in there, uh, and it'll be, uh, most importantly, a, a great experience and an opportunity to develop uh, not just new business, uh, but maybe some new friendships and maybe even um, enrich an existing relationship between uh, husband and wife uh, or partners. So there's a lot of great assets and benefits to playing this great game that, that uh, we all love so much. And that's why we wanted to share that with you this evening. Um, guys, you did a fantastic job tonight. I enjoyed uh, our, our discussion and, and uh, I, hopefully the uh, audience will, will take some, uh, some tidbits away from this. Um, uh, Alicia, I'm going to let you go first if you want to just share with the audience uh, some of the best ways to reach out if they want to uh, connect with you, how they can go about doing that. And then, uh, John, I'll let you go. Um, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can certainly give me a call on my cell phone. That's my work phone. And that number is 614-208-5719. You can also go to my website, which is www.gratitudegolf.com. Or, and you can email me on that, or you can email me at alicia at gratitudegolf.com. And my first name is spelled A-L-E-C-I-A. So it's gratitudegolf.com, and you can perfect. email me right from there. And that's perfect. Perfect. So Ted, they can connect with you on your website. John, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, Ted, I just wanted to say thank you. And, Alicia, I've enjoyed uh, this evening. Um, the, the, uh, the best way to get in touch with me is, um, I, I, through Facebook, uh, you can, uh, link up with me on John Decker golf instruction and I spell my first name J O N. I can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Um, I'm now uh, working with a company called golfswing.com. Um, if you go to golfswing.com forward slash John Decker, uh, tomorrow they're going to be putting up my hundredth video. So I've done 99 videos thus far wow. and they're anywhere from five to seven minute long videos, uh, from the full swing all the way to the short game. Um, and so I've been real excited about that. I've been working with them since September and I've got a short game series that'll be coming out, um, sometime in the late spring, early summer. Um, and then as far as my book, uh, you can, uh, my book, uh, golf is my life glorifying God through the game. I have a Bible study with that as well. But you can re- you can uh, get that on Amazon or Barnes and Noble websites. So uh, again, thank you for having me on the show. Well, John uh, and Alicia, it's a pleasure uh, having you both on here. And, and Alicia, I hope you enjoyed your uh, your first uh, Coach's Corner panel. Um, it, it's always uh, an interesting discussion on here, and I, I love getting um, you know thoughts and inputs from from my fellow uh, golf professionals in the industry. It's always great to share the information. Uh, I know we, we uh, more than often than not uh, agree on most things, but every once in a while we'll throw in a curve and, and might have some disagreements along the way. But I hope you enjoyed uh, uh, your first discussion on the Coach's Corner panel, and, and I can't wait to have you back again. But, guys, thanks for doing such a great job, and, and please keep up the great work, and let's do what we can to uh, grow the game. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. Thank you very much, Ted. It was, it, was, it was a joy to be on here. Thank you again. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great evening.
Mm-hmm. All right, bye bye. You too. All right, that was my very special guests, um, John Decker and Alicia Larson, uh, both great uh, golf professionals, and uh, just a, a joy to have on the Coach's Corner panel. All right, I've got my very special guest, uh, Byron Casper, going to be joining me here. Let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live uh, every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central or 7 to 9 uh, for those of you on the East Coast or 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, for those under Pacific time, uh, just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live and up in the search key uh, or you, up in the search key, you can type uh, in golf talk live, excuse me, and that'll take you there as well if you go to blogtalkradio.com. And uh, during the live broadcast, we'll be front and center, but if for some reason you can't join us live uh, during those times, uh, then just visit that link uh, at any time and just scroll down to the on-demand section and all of the previously aired shows, including tonight, will be there in its entirety uh, in the recorded version, so you can listen when it's convenient for you to do so. Uh, you can also uh, join us on uh, iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, uh, or now TuneIn.com. Just uh, simply, again, type in Golf Talk Live, and you can listen under those social media platforms. Uh, my very special guest uh, tonight, of course, has uh, become a good friend of mine, Byron Casper. He's a professional golfer, uh, international PGA member since uh, 1997, and, of course, uh, co-founder of the uh, Billy Casper Golf Schools and Academies. Uh, and uh, also he is the National Golf Ambassador to, uh, for Links to, to Freedom. And, uh, of course, the uh, son of legendary Billy Casper. So let me bring on my, my good friend, uh, Byron, and we'll, uh, we'll have a great second half of the show. Good evening, Byron, and welcome. Thank you, Ted. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing can well. Can you hear me okay, Byron? Good. Is the uh, connection yeah, okay? I, I can just hear want you to make fine. sure. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, yep, I caught the last uh, few minutes of your show, and uh, as always, very impressed. I, I love the uh, stats, uh, 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 the, I suppose the status of the uh, professionals that you have on because they're so knowledgeable, and uh, they really, from a golf professional standpoint, they really give the golfing public, uh, I think, a lot to think about. And, and you know, t- tonight I wanted uh, for us to talk, and, and then we'll get into our conversation, but I just want to uh, thank you for, uh, uh, for those great compliments, by the way. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I like to talk about uh, on the show, uh, Byron, I know you've, you've followed me for a while now, and, and we've become friends mm-hmm. over the last uh, number of years. And... Um, one of the also the interesting things is, is not only have we uh, had many great conversations on the show, but you and I have, have uh, chatted up uh, quite a storm uh, off air as well on the phone some evening. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, we have some ideas back and forth. So, so it's not uh, we haven't solved all of the world's crisis yet, but uh, we'll may do that one of these days. But um, y- you know, one of the things, Byron, that that you know I really want for people to, to understand and take away, particularly from tonight's program uh, and on the first half, is, you know, most of us that have been around golf for a long time, you've been obviously since a youngster as well as I have, we understand the benefits of the game, not just playing the game, but the benefits that go along with it uh, from a business standpoint, the relationships that, uh, and friendships that can be formed and, and, and uh, developed over, over time. Uh, unlike any other uh, game or sport out there, in my opinion, and I, and I think you'd probably agree with that. But I want people to, to become more engaged with one another, and I can't think of a better place to do that than out in the golf course um, because everybody's sort of behind their computers now or, 
behind their phones or, or whatever, mm-hmm. some other social media platform, and they're really not communicating. They're just sort of chatting back and forth and emailing and messaging. And, and I know that's part, uh, part and parcel of today's society. But I think, you know, as I know your dad did in, in his day, uh, a lot of great conversations and a lot of great uh, discussions were held out on the golf course. Uh, do you agree with that? Oh, very much so. Um, you know, I'd like to think that we're slowly getting back to a time when a little bit of business uh, is still being done on the golf course, but you're right. You know, you go back 10, 20, 30 years and country club memberships were, you know, tax write-offs for most people that, that had them because they used them as sales tools. And, um, and so, you know, I think the the world is changing 100%. Um, I agree with your comment about social media. Uh, for me, it's very much a, a double-edged sword. Um, I love, benefits of a smartphone and um, the convenience of what you can do um, compared to having to, you know, take a, uh, you know, 20 years ago, take a big giant laptop around with you everywhere. Um, Now uh, a small iPad or or tablet or phone does all of that. And so, you know, with convenience, I think also comes a few pitfalls that we have to be aware of. And, uh, and I think you hit it right on the head when you said about the communication and the camaraderie that exists by going out and just spending a couple hours outside with somebody. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I agree with that. I think that this is something that, you know, you're exactly right. And I, and I don't want people to take away from this or misunderstand. I mean, I understand the importance of technology, uh, you know, not just from uh, the instructional side. There's lots of great technology that we all uh, use to, to help uh, do what we do. Um, but there also has to be a time when we're looking up from the screen and we're actually looking at the customer uh, or the customer is communicating with us and not just, you know, zipping back chats and emails all the time. I think that this is something that's really sort of been taken away. And, and I want to see more people get out there because I think once they get out on the golf course and, and kind of get a taste of, of playing the game and, and having some fun, uh, I think that they'll realize, hey, you know what, I, I think I want to do this a little bit more often and, you know, maybe – maybe start going back to, to playing once a week instead of, you know, once a month or once every couple of months. So, uh, you know, that's what I would like 100%. people to take away from this is, is get back out there. Yeah. Get, get out there and start playing again and, and, uh, and making time. I think that's the key thing. Everybody says, well, I don't have enough time, but you know, all these modern conveniences seem to be uh, designed to help uh, give us that extra time. But for some reason we're actually more tapped out of time than what we were before these, uh, instruments were, were available so but i, I don't want to talk about all no, that it's, it's night, interesting isn't it something yeah it is and and it's just something to, to give uh, not only uh the general listeners out there but some of our fellow professionals out there sometimes it's it's good to put the phone down and and the tablet even and, and just get out in the golf course and just have some fun um so byron before, i wanted you know, to hey, yeah, uh, bring we, you back just, yeah, yeah go ahead yeah go yeah, ahead I, I just wanted to bring up one thing that i um you know i had the the um, uh, opportunity to talk to uh, a couple of the uh, people that work for Troon Management the other day, and um, I found it really interesting as we were talking about golf because we were talking about that particular subject, um, how even on the golf course nowadays, people are constantly still looking at their phones, you know, with all the all of these apps yeah. and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty – I guess I'm late to the game when it comes to technology, although for a 50-year-old, I like to think I'm pretty tech-savvy. But I recently got my first uh, smartwatch, 
and um, and funny enough, okay. I, I got it as much for notification as I did for the golf course, Ted. And um, I wanted to see if if you could literally put your phone in your bag and forget about it by just having this watch on and going out and playing golf. And I was able to pair it with an app that put all the yardages straight on my wrist. And not only did it hmm. save my battery life, but I didn't look at my phone for two and a half hours because anything that was important came straight to my wrist. And I know it's certainly not as good as completely going uh, dark and sure. uh, and turning everything off. But how many of us can do that nowadays? Right, how many right, of us exactly. Can do, and, do and, that and, nowadays. Yeah, and and that's a great point. And and you're exactly right. I think that. You know, I, I don't. I'm not suggesting that we we just discard everything all at once. I just think that we need to uh, sometimes take a little time to smell the roses once in a while, and and that's what of I'm course. what I'm really getting Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that was but, my but that's point. A great, that no, that's a story, great story. You know, because it 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 certainly has helped me to, um, and maybe it can help some of the listeners. Uh, I mean, it really did work. Every bit as easy and simple as it was explained to me, and there is something really nice about not having to go and look at your phone for yardages if you're using an app or, you know, GPS app. It, it's very convenient. It speeds up play, and it also um, just avoids that, you know, overthinking that we often do on the golf course. So, you know, I'm not trying to sell any particular brand. I'm just pointing out that uh, <laughs> that this really has helped me in the last few weeks um, with my practice, and, uh, and, and it's exciting again. Right. So. Right, exactly. And, 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 you know, as I was uh, pointing out there towards the end, I think that there's a lot of great apps and, and things out there that, uh, or GPS, uh, you know, uh, apps that, uh, uh, you know, Golf Logics is one and, and that can help, you know, people with their game, give them the yardage and, and even actually now uh, give them the, uh, the speed of the greens and the direction of the, of the break and so forth like that. And I have no problems in people using that. I just think that, uh, you know, people just need to get out and interact with one another, and I think golf is just a, a great way to do that, and can be a lot of fun. Um, all right, it Byron. Is, yeah. So, you know, one of the reasons, yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to obviously have you back. I enjoy uh, our discussions uh, and, and having you as a guest on the show. But um, one of the things that I want to talk about is some years ago, of course, uh, your father uh, developed a foundation called Billy's Kids uh, that was near and dear to his heart. And uh, out of that sort of arose, if you will, the Billy Casper Memorial uh, Golf Classic. Talk a little bit about the foundation, how the foundation started, and what was its uh, initial purpose, and, and what's it sort of morphed into today? Yes, you know, the uh, Billy Casper Youth Foundation is obviously very close to my heart. Um, being a father uh, and now a, uh, a grandfather, um, I you know, kids are very important, and I love working with juniors. And But interestingly enough, the golf tournament and, and the Billy Casper Youth Foundation was started as a way to help high school kids at the local high school raise enough money to go on a trip uh, to China to perform. Uh, and it was a, a group called the Music Machine. And uh, those in San Diego will have certainly heard of, heard of them. And after the first year... Um, you know, I can't remember the exact story, Ted, but it was something to the effect that I think they needed to raise twenty or twenty-five thousand uh, dollars to reach their goal. Um, they ended up raising about double that, 
and my mom and dad wow. decided that this was something that they wanted to do. And instead of just helping one local high school, maybe they could help, you know, kids all over. And uh, and that really is the premise of the Billy Casper Youth Foundation. It's the desire of Billy Casper and Shirley Casper, his wife, to give back, specifically give back to kids that are in need around the country. And um, and it's something very, very important to uh, both my parents, which is why uh, since my father passed away in 2015, my mother and uh, my siblings and I have decided to keep the tournament uh, going and the Youth Foundation going and have just changed the name from the Billy Casper Youth Foundation Golf Classic to the Billy Casper Youth Foundation Memorial Classic Golf Tournament. Right. And, you know, the the foundation obviously was, was something that your, your father obviously um, – loved kids as well and, and wanted to find a way to give back. He had, you know, obviously had a very uh, successful career out on the PGA tour for many, many years, uh, won a number of major uh, tournaments as well as uh, other uh, both national and international events on the PGA tour um, and wanted to, to really do something to give back. And, and obviously children were near and dear to his heart. And that was uh, sort of his uh, way of, of giving back uh, through a game that really gave a lot to him. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, from um, a small as well. child. Right, exactly. Talk a little bit about that and, and obviously uh, what really the legacy he and your mother have, have sort of left behind. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I suppose to start um, start off, I will say that almost without a doubt, my favorite memories with my dad are at the San Diego Country Club playing a few holes and listening to him point out uh, stories or things that happened to him in his youth right there on those very spots. And that mm-hmm. really is, is what golf meant to my father. Golf was a wonderful way to make a living, but he had a lot of passion for the game of golf from an early age, from a 12-year-old carrying uh, golf bags on his back at San Diego Country Club to a high school player who uh, would, would caddy at the club and also play in different tournaments, uh, uh, sometimes against uh, another well-known player, Gene Littler. And uh, through the course of their right. teenage years, uh, Gene and, and Billy Casper became very good friends, uh, which I find very ironic considering what happened in the 1970s Masters, where Gene uh, was really, I think, uh, I think it was the Masters, it may have been the U.S. Open, but it was either one or the other, but Gene was in second, and uh, and Dad... Um, ended up taking the uh, the trophy, and I know that that they're both such wonderful competitive people that it never affected their uh, their relationship, which I think is right. is wonderful. How many sports can you talk about that that <clears throat> you can literally play against somebody from a teenager all the way through until your seventies and still retain a friendship through it all. And uh, and I think, again, that's just one of the many things about golf that stands out um, amongst other sports. Uh, but my father, you know, in San Diego, uh, his life was not uh, what I would class as easy. Um, he spent a lot of time on his own. His parents were working and then got divorced. Um, so my father didn't have it easy down, down there. And because of that, he used golf as um, 
I suppose, as a way of saving him um, from getting into trouble or doing other things. And, you know, he was a talented, talented sportsman anyway. Um, if you ever saw him play pool, uh, it mm-hmm. would have surprised you. Um, he was an incredible baseball player when he was younger. Um, and had I think he had to choose, if I remember the story correctly, I think he had to choose um, his senior year uh, whether he was going to, you know, go after baseball or go after golf. Um, and I think you and I both agree that he chose the right uh, the right <laughs> sport for longevity. <laughs> Sure, <laughs> um, and, but uh, you know, you know, and you know what it's like. You know, he was very much the same as all of these pros. Um, they dedicated so much of their life to traveling and to playing the tour that, in order to spend time with the family, they they took their families with them a lot of the time. Same as a lot of the pros do nowadays. Right. Um, but my father was a, a very much a competitor and uh, loved to compete and loved to win. Uh, which is, uh, I'm sure, why he did it so so often. If you asked him, he would say probably something to the effect that, well, he had to win with all of the kids that he had. Um, but, um, <laughs> but but he had a he had a love of the game of golf that uh, I, I kid you not, literally started as a young boy and never diminished his entire life. And in fact, the day that he died, we were talking about golf. And the last time I saw him, about two and a half hours before he passed away, um, I was sitting on the bed, and he was in his chair, and lo and behold, what was on the TV but the golf channel. Sure. (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, what's interesting, and and just to go back a little bit, you know, you were talking about the the friendships and and that, that, you know, get developed in golf, and and your father, and, and of course, uh, Gene Littler, um, you know, we often think of Jack and Arnie and, and um, you know, and Gary Player and some of the others that uh, were in the game as well that are friends to this day. Obviously, Arnie uh, is also no longer with us, but, uh, you know, he and Jack battled it out for many, many years in, in a lot of different tournaments, uh, sometimes, you know, one and two respectively. Uh, but at the end of the day, once they came off the golf course, uh, you know, that friendship maintained. They might want to, uh, you know, figuratively speaking, I say this, but they might have wanted to, to beat each other's brains out uh, out on the golf course. Uh, but there was always a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. And there was never, you know, there was never any, um, you know, there was always uh, a, a lot of sportsmanship. You know, even even when somebody was, was not playing well, uh, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, Jack Nicholas saying over the years that even when, you know, he was not playing well, that Arnie was always uh, very supportive uh, and, and, of course, mm-hmm. vice versa. So, you know, it, it truly is a, a, a gentleman's game, and I use that term only in, in, in a manner of uh, expressing um, the way that people handle uh, themselves. But uh, obviously it's a game for everybody. Uh, a lot of women have, have been drawn to the game now. And uh, not just through the LPGA, but uh, through other organizations, business networking groups and things like that. And uh, that certainly helped to to grow the game and and is going to continue to do that. Um, So the the tournament's actually coming up here in just a few weeks. Uh, I believe Monday, May the 7th uh, is the date that it's going to be held. It's usually the first Monday. Yeah, first Monday in May. Is that correct? Yeah, usually it's the uh, first Monday in May. Um, This year it's going to be May 7th. And uh, it's always at the San Diego Country Club. Um, 
really because of the history that exists uh, at the San Diego Country Club for my family, since very specifically my mother and my father. Um, it's it's I always I always enjoy the drive Ted to the San Diego Country Club for a numerous amount of reasons because it's driving through my my old backyard really, but. Lately, I've been going down the 5 freeway and getting off on L Street and driving by Chula Vista High School, um, purely and simply because of the history that started at Chula Vista High School, and that's where my mother and father met. But Chula Vista High School is probably a mile away from the uh, San Diego Country Club, and it's when you get down into that area that you realize the close proximity of everything, and, and just it's overwhelming to me how I suppose that is where it all began. And so the San Diego right. Country Club is a very special place. Um, it, it's, it was highlighted recently uh, with the U.S. Uh, Women's Am, which uh, was an incredible uh, mm-hmm. tournament. And, uh, and we're also fortunate to have uh, a, a lot of my father's trophies uh, in some glass displays surrounding the Billy Casper Grill restaurant, uh, at the country club. And so it's a wonderful location to remember, remember Billy Casper to, uh, enjoy some wonderful golf on a just impeccable golf course. And, um, and just really enjoy what you had said, I suppose, as much as anything else earlier, a way to help kids, but also a way to have some camaraderie with your fellow men and women and enjoy playing golf, being outside, getting some fresh air and all for a wonderful cause that helps children all over the country. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I I'm, as I'm sure I know you are and, and the rest of uh, the Casper family, I know are, are grateful to, to keep this legacy alive. Uh, and, and I know that your, your father would, would be very proud of, of all of you. And, and obviously, um, you know, obviously his, his, um, his wife, uh, Shirley, for just really mm-hmm. continuing that legacy that, that he started, um, you know, so many years ago. And it's obviously something that was very near and dear to his heart. And I'm, I'm glad to, um, to give you an opportunity like this, uh, you know, every year to come back on and talk a little bit about that. I think it's important that we do whatever we can uh, to help one another in this industry and, and in this world in genera- uh, general. And I, I'm always uh, honored to, uh, to give you this opportunity to talk about that. I, I, as I've said <clears throat> to you personally and, and uh, excuse me, <clears throat> on the show before, um, you know, I had the honor and pleasure of interviewing your father uh, probably about four years ago now. <clears throat> Pardon me, I got a little frog in my throat. Time, and, time um, flies. It's amazing. You know, Can he, you believe it's been four years? I mean, I, I really can't. It's Because uh, well, I, I remember when he was on your show, and he was very excited, Ted. So yeah, I don't it, know if I've ever told you that or not. Yeah, but. Yeah, he was uh he he was a, a pleasure and and one of the interesting things uh, about the the interview is we talked um I think it was about a week or two before the actual interview took place uh there was uh, myself and another gentleman that was uh, involved with your father at the time uh in business and uh and of course your father and we we talked for about an hour and you know obviously he just wanted to to get an idea of of you know what what we wanted to to discuss in the show and and kind of put the show together and uh, he was just very, very giving of his time. And uh, originally how it worked, uh, I was going to interview the other gentleman first to talk a little bit about a product that they were involved with together. And, 
you know, and your dad would come in a little bit later and, and talk about his book and that. And I just decided to mm-hmm. bring him in earlier in the discussion, uh, I think about 15 minutes into the show, and we had the full two hours pretty much with uh, with your father, and we took uh, a number of calls from literally across the U.S. at the time. And uh, you could certainly hear it in his voice. He was very uh, excited to uh, to be engaged and talking about something he loved, and he loved uh, you know hearing some of the comments that the fans had made and uh, that have been following him for years and, and enjoyed that. And uh, it was just uh, great to uh, great to have him and, and giving him his time. And and uh, my only regret was that I never had the honor of, of actually meeting him face to face. But um, I'll. I'll be grateful for those uh, few hours, uh, nevertheless, and, and uh, I thank him for that, and I thank you uh, as well for uh, uh, for continuing uh, sharing this legacy uh, with me on the sh- on air. Oh, you know what? I'm, it's it's my pleasure, and I, you know, my father as well as myself have always had, uh, well, maybe not always, but certainly in the last few decades, uh, a really good, close relationship with a lot of the media as well as uh, social media and trying to, I suppose, understand it. Um, my father hated technology, but at the very end of his life, <laughs> he would get excited about things. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, um, and this is a really fun story, and I, I promise you not only did it happen, but I was there um, when it happened, and funny enough, my daughter was there when it happened. And that is the first time I put my father on one of one of my simulators, uh, which was this huge built-in theater room simulator uh, at uh, the corporate headquarters in Salt Lake that we were working at. And, you know, to take you back, you know, you have to remember my father and kind of his cagey look that he would give when he was really thinking hard about something. And, <laughs> And he walked in and he looked at that big giant screen with the golf course on it and um, kind of looked at it and looked at me and <laughs> then he shook his head and and uh, walked over, grabbed a, a club. If I remember correctly, I think it was probably a seven or an eight iron and um, stepped up to the ball and we had a, a little chipping area on the driving range set up and he steps up and he goes, and he looks up at us in the camera and says, so if I hit this the same way as I do on the golf course, it should go in the hole, right? And he doesn't wait for us to finish, as he never does, and stepped up, took one look, hit the shot, three bounces, and it dropped in the hole. Wow. And <laughs> without even missing a beat, he handed the club back to me and goes, well, I guess it works. And uh, and that was uh, and that and that was the extent of a seventy-six year or seventy-seven-year-old at the time, um, understanding that obviously technology must be great because it just showed him exactly what he does on the golf course anyway. Right. So it's uh, it, it's, it's right. little moments like that that were very special. Um, and if anybody really wants to, to read about that and other fun stories. I would urge them to Google uh, my father and um, uh, myself from about 2011 um, or 10 because he did an interview with uh, Lee Benson of, I believe, the Deseret News in Salt Lake City uh, when I was opening up Golf Tech. And so I got the opportunity to strap him up to everything that you could imagine. And um, it was really 
really, really funny, funny, fun to watch somebody who was an expert in their feet become so uncomfortable being inside, hooked up to all of these different contraptions. Um, but at the same time, he got into it just like everything else and really started appreciating what technology can mean to people learning the game of golf. Right. You know, and, and that says a lot. What a great, what a great story. And, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and it's so, you know, incredible from the sense that, you know, you you can just see him and I'm sure that a lot of golfers, uh, you know, particularly from his era that first were introduced to a lot of these simulators and that probably had very much the same uh, thought process going on, you know, what is this contraption and, and, you know, oh, what's sure. it going to do? But obviously as time go- goes on, um, you know, because, uh, listen, for many of us, it was, it was kind of a, an odd situation, but um, what a, what a, what a great first experience to have to chip it in um, and, and just reaffirm what he already knew about his golf game. And that was, it was still good and it was still working. Um, well, his short game was, Byron, was I wanna... incredible, you know, Right, exactly. Um, all right, so Byron, I want to obviously switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about you now. Um, I know you've got some things in the fire that you've been working on, uh, your throws, if you will, of uh, putting together a series of golf schools uh, out in the southwest. Talk a little bit about that and and, uh, and and what's all involved. Yes, you know, it's, uh, it's something that's very exciting. Uh, I had a golf school. Uh, in St. George, uh, Utah, when uh, my father was still alive. Excuse me, I think you passed the frog to me now, for, uh, Ted. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the, the the golf school was really something that um, I never, ever dreamed that I would have the opportunity to work with my father um, that close within the golf industry. Um, I, it's, it, it still boggles my mind that I have so many experiences that I can recall and rely on of where we were able to not just play golf, but teach and talk about the fundamentals and things that were really important that he felt amateur golfers should absolutely understand and know if they were going to get the maximum enjoyment out of this game. And um, I had the pleasure of working with Nick McKinley, who was one of our partners and who's another well-known golf pro in the Southwest. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. And when my father passed away, um, things obviously changed. Um, I moved to Cal- back to California, uh, where I'm from, and set up a golf school at Salt Creek Golf Club, which unfortunately was shut down by the uh, ownership uh, on March 18th. And so as I've been looking for other golf schools and other, other locations, both in Arizona, California, Southern Utah, an opportunity has come up to uh, look at doing a few different golf schools. And uh, it's something that I'm very excited about. Uh, being able to help people is really what it's all about. And to be able to do that at a price that uh, virtually anybody that plays golf can afford is something that was very, very important to my father. And so I, I've been able to keep that alive and and uh, have every intention of, of and plan of keeping that alive, not only as a service to the golf community, but to be honest, Ted, I feel like the things that I learned from my father starting at, at an early, early age 
then going to his golf schools every summer in San Diego for three, four, five, six weeks at a time. Uh, then caddying for him on the tour, including at the Masters and other big events. And then going into professional golf myself. Um, all of those experiences, uh, because of what my father was able to accomplish, and because he felt the importance of passing that on, I feel is really important. And I feel almost a duty to continue to not just keep the Billy Casper legacy alive and name alive, but also to be able to pass on the information that I'm blessed enough to have from him to people that are really eager to enjoy this game even more. And so teaching is very important to me. It always will be. Um, and do and do uh, under the cat of the cat of the cat hand and banner is very important because it allows me to continue to keep, I suppose, my father's name not just alive but alive, doing something that he would have one hundred percent loved to do himself, and that is help others. And 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 you're doing a fantastic job, uh, I might add as well, uh, of of both oh, not only keeping the name alive but just. Yeah, just honoring him with with all the great work uh, that you've been doing, reaching out and and uh, and helping others. I know he would be very proud of that. Um, you know, what's interesting, Byron, is this uh, about so much going on in the industry right now. You know, one of the things that you know we're faced with and challenges is not just keeping up with with new theories and and technology and and all that kind of stuff, but also uh, it's becoming competitive in a different way. There's a lot of uh, information being thrown out there uh, on the web, uh, both by professionals but also non-professionals, and it's becoming more and more difficult for the professionals to compete with a lot of this free information. Um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard when you've got thousands and thousands of, of videos and 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 all different uh, blogs and whatnot in the golf. How do you balance that out, and and how do you, in your mind, say to yourself, okay, I want to put out something that I know is going to help grow the game, and as you said a moment ago, uh, you know, your father wanted to do it in a way that was affordable, that, you know, really anybody, it wasn't just for the elite or for, for, you know, the rich kids out there, it was something that anybody uh, could, could sort of grapple to. How do you, in your mind, do you sort of set that straight uh, to be able to do that, knowing that you're kind of going against an onslaught of, of information. How do you balance that out in your mind? You know, um, that's actually a really, really good question. I think about things like that a lot. And I would say that I balance it in a couple different ways. Um, the first is I'm going to use one of my favorite expressions or sayings, and anybody listening tonight that has ever had a lesson with me will be laughing because I can almost promise I said this at one point or another. Um, And that is that less is more. And it's something that I learned uh, directly from my father, and that is that you don't want to fiddle too much. You don't want to get so in-depth with everything going on that you have 10 thoughts when you're standing over the ball. What you want to do is you want to have – good practice sessions that build up small little levels of confidence that will sustain you on those jittery first tee tee boxes. 
can sustain you on those long putts. And, you know, the problem is, is for a long time, people didn't have the time or the inclination to spend time practicing, but they wanted all of the results. And, and that's something that, that we all laugh at in the, in the sport because it's just how we all are, including us golf pros. We, we, we don't want to just, you know, teach. Right. We want to still keep our games together and, and play. Sure. Um, and so I, I think the, the first thing I would say is that don't get caught up in too much information. I absolutely believe, and I, I, I'll reiterate this, I absolutely believe that knowledge is power, 100%. Mm-hmm. But right. if you bombard yourself with too much knowledge that you are unprepared for or unable to process, then you're just spinning your heels. And, and I'm going to give you a quick example about that with one of my students who also happens to be a close close family friend. And he came to me and he would swing the golf club and he had a pretty decent swing for somebody that's not too flexible. And, and But he was finishing on his back foot every single time. Right. And so obviously one of my first questions is, you know, I didn't know you played baseball much. And he said, I, do, I, I, I don't. I said, okay, um, can you tell me why it is that you have all of that weight on your right side as you're swinging down through the impact zone and and out towards the target? And it came down to a misunderstanding of what a professional had told him in in a lesson a decade ago. Right. And he had he had purely and simply misunderstood, and they hadn't taken the time to make sure that he was doing it correctly. And for ten years, he thought that finishing on his back foot was the right way to play. Right. And we all know that that's not the right way to enjoy the game of golf. That's just frustration, frustration, <laughs> frustration. And so, um, you know, it's it's a little things like that. I think people can enjoy this game with a fairly minimal amount of information as long as they have the basic fundamentals. And I think the golf pros, all of us, myself included, have a duty in today's golf world and golf market to really simplify the sport. I would love nothing more than in this age of balls that go 400 yards um, and big drivers and cavity-backed irons. We have all of these tools to make make us all good players. But our heads, right. um, and there's a number of books that you can read with regards to this, but our heads are what is, are getting in our way, either that we're not understanding, we're not processing because it's too much information, or we haven't taken the, the time just to understand the basics. And so, again, one of the things that I do with a lot of students that are are new to the game, or to be honest, sometimes they are so fouled up with previous things that they've thought or learned or read that I have to absolutely go back to basics, and that's where I will throw throw them into a three, you know, what I call the three to nine o'clock drill, and really get them focused on what's happening to that three o'clock position halfway back coming down through impact, releasing out towards the target, and then holding it at that 9 o'clock position. Because sometimes 
if you look at it as a big picture, the golf swing can look very fluid and beautiful if you're watching somebody like, you know, Rory or, you know, some of these other, you know, uh, uh, just incredible golfers that are out there. Dustin Johnson has a swing that I just absolutely love, for instance. And, and, And it's wonderful and it's beautiful. But then look at what Arnold Palmer did in his career. And his swing, I don't know if you'd call it beautiful as much as 100% uh, mechanical and usable and accurate. And so mm-hmm. I think that, that your average golfer would be wise to understand that this game can be enjoyed with a minimal amount of knowledge and us as golf pros um, should maybe dialing it back a little bit, making it very simple and allowing the equipment to do what it's supposed to do, but getting people to really enjoy this game, you know, starting from the ground up again. And nothing makes me happier, and I'm sure you're, you're the same, and I'm sure there's a ton of pros listening as well, but nothing makes me happier right. than when I, I get a light bulb moment with one of my students. Right. And that is, you know, I call it the light bulb moment because you can see their eyes literally open up and this understanding just, just <laughs> overwhelms them where they're like, oh, my gosh, I did not know that's what it was supposed <clears throat> to feel like or I didn't know that's what I was supposed to be doing. And usually those moments, Ted, come from very basic, simple golf truths. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, Byron, I think one of the problems that the industry has had for a while is, and, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, um, is trying to what I call pigeonhole everybody into um, the same golf swing, uh, the same s- swing theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certainly the fundamentals, uh, you know, need to be there. But uh, and I'll just throw one as an example, and I'm not picking on anyone or other. But you know, not everybody can perform the stack and tilt, uh, or um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other uh, methods that are out there. You know, what was unique about a lot of the players that were in golf during your fathers and and many of the other professionals of that era is they were all uniquely different. There were certain key factors that were the same, obviously, impact uh, and things like that. But if you want to take some, uh, you know, players with, uh, you know, completely different swings is, you know, if you look at Arnold and Jack, for instance, uh, you know, even Gary Player, uh, and compare them to your father and compare them to, you know, somebody like a Lee Trevino or a Freddie Couples. There were a lot of different uh, styles uh, of golf swings out there. And I think what, as professionals, what we need to be conscious of is that we need to work to that individual's swing and abilities. And what I mean by that is we all have different body rhythms uh, and timing. Uh, some players for instance, you know, when they're walking down the street, um, have a very slow and methodical uh, rhythm to their walk. Others have a quicker pace. And a lot of times that's indicative of their body rhythm. So if you, for instance, try to teach somebody who has a, a slow, uh, you know, sort of pace, uh, if you will, to, to their walk or to their movements and try to speed them up to, say, somebody like a Nick Price or, or conversely the opposite, then more than likely you're going to throw them out of their rhythm. And that's an area that I think by trying to, uh, again, as I say, pigeonhole everybody into sort of one methodology, I think 
is very difficult to do. And this is added to, I believe, to the frustration of a lot of golfers. And, and I think what you said mm-hmm. is, is spot on. I think as golf instruction uh, and instructors, I think we have to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, again, there are certain fundamentals that need to be uh, in place. But if somebody wants to loop the club at the top of their backswing, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a Jim Furyk, uh, or they want to have that little extra pause like a Freddie Couple, if that's something that's naturally in their wheelhouse to do uh, or is, is comfortable for them to do, then as golf professionals, I don't think we need to change that. Uh, as long as they're getting no, back to no, impact correctly. Right. And I think this is one of the problems that's happened for a long, long time. And this is going back to the original question that I was asking you. You know, there is a lot of information being put out there uh, through social media and on the web, certainly some by fellow professionals, but there's also from others that, you know, want to somehow participate in the golf industry that may not be professionals, uh, certainly golf professionals or certified. And, uh, you know, you have to be careful that you're not bombarding yourself, as you said earlier, with too much information because it can be detrimental to, to how you play. And I think this is why. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, right. And, and this is, I think, you know, what your father was really trying to, to say as well as, you know, make it accessible to, you know, as many people as we can, number one, but also keeping the process simple and using that individual's natural body, if you will, uh, to be able to accomplish that, and and uh, because we are uniquely different, um, and I think it was some certain I, I sound I advice, and I agree more. with. Right. Yeah, I, um, I could I so couldn't agree more, are, Ted. But I will. But I'll also be the one person that will stand up and say to everybody listening, um, because I say it to my students all the time, and um, I say it to my friends and people in the golf golf world that are looking for advice, and it's something you never really hear a lot about. Um, but I would like to, to to say it now, and that is sure. the best advice that amateurs or up-and-coming professional golfers can do for themselves is to not listen to 10 different people. Don't listen to your friend who has only played golf for two years longer than you. Um, don't read articles that are about things that you don't even know if you have that issue or not. Because how many how many amateur golfers out there read a magazine and they think they're they're doing this when in actuality once they get on video, what they're doing is nothing close to what they think. And you know golf is like that. It right. It somehow has the ability for our brains to make us think that we're doing one thing when in in reality when you see it uh, played back to you you realize that you're not doing that at all. And you know golf is very interesting that way. So I would say first of all of course, have friends, but that doesn't mean you necessarily need to let them teach you the game. Secondly is take some time to find a good professional that you're comfortable with. The first pro that you go and get a lesson from, just just because you may not have a good lesson from him, or maybe he's a great teacher, but you just don't gel with him for some reason, don't give up because – Sometimes it's just like everything else, finding a good chiropractor or a good doctor or a good dentist. You want somebody that you can build a relationship of trust with and somebody that you feel is going to help you. And so take the time to find somebody that's going to help you and somebody that has a basic understanding of the importance of golf 
as well as a passion for it. And I think that if people did that right. a little bit more, I think that that would be uh, that would be wonderful for their progression uh, with their golf game. Yeah, I couldn't agree uh, more uh, with you than that. And, and you're exactly right. I think that you know one of the things that uh, and, and I was kind of inside chuckling a little bit from what you said about you know reading a lot of different articles. And it reminds me often of people who. You know, every little sniffle that they get, they're online checking to see what disease they might have. And, you know, they've suddenly got this disease or they got that disease. And I have a friend of mine who's a doctor, and he said, you know, one of the things he hates the most is when especially a new patient comes in and they say, well, doc, I was reading online uh, this symptom and that symptom, and I think this is what I've got. And the same thing happens true with with our golf games. Uh, You know, we get in there, we start reading all this stuff, and, well, yeah, that kind of happens to me. And, as you said, you may not necessarily have the same uh, issue, and, and this is where it's important to really uh, work with a professional, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you need to, you know, you also ha- almost have to have an interview with your golf professional and talk to them. You know, at, don't be afraid to ask them questions. Um, you know, find out what, what credentials they have, but also uh, talk to them and, and get to feel it. It's about building a relationship. It's not just about taking a golf lesson, and this may be somebody that you oh, may be 100%. working with over time or you Right, exactly. Absolutely. So you want to make sure Absolutely. that you're comfortable with that person, you know, and uh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. They're not going to be a... F- go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that, you know, they're not going to be offended by, by you asking them questions. In fact, they're, they're expecting it. And when you don't ask, um, then, you know, you're just setting yourself up for something that, uh, that may not work out. Go ahead, uh, Byron. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I, I think that that's 100% accurate. And it's interesting because if you just take the time to get to know them a little bit, you're going to be, you're going to benefit you as a student uh, tenfold. Um, one of the things that I do and have done for well over a decade is my very first lesson with new students. And, and I've done a, a various versions. Um, I'll work with a new student for 15 minutes <clears throat> And if they want to go and finish the lesson, then that's fine. And if they don't at that point, then I'm not going to make them pay anything and they can find somebody else. And that's only happened a couple of times, but I've always felt that that option should be something that I think we as golf professionals should, should be aware of that if you can't help somebody, then it may not be anything to do with your teaching ability or them as a student, it may be something to do with the fact that you don't understand each other, you communicate differently, or sure. for some reason you just don't like each other from the get-go. And so I just yeah. think that, that, that little things like that are important. Um, and I think that, that, again, amateurs could have this game be so much easier for them if they're just a little bit pickier and choosier with who – they decide to listen to. I agree. I couldn't agree. Well, on that note, my friend, we have to wrap it up. I, I hate to say this, but our, our hour's um, just about up. We've got a couple of minutes left, but I want to give you an opportunity just to very quickly to remind the folks uh, about the tournament coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, the date and, and where it's going to be held, and also where they can go if they want to get more information. I believe uh, uh, you had said in, in a message to me that there still might be a few spots left for somebody that wants to sneak in and and be a part of the tournament, and if not, um, where they can go to uh, find more information about maybe uh, uh, donating uh, to the foundation and, and helping some, some kids uh, 
uh, be well on their way. So how, how can they go about doing that? When's the tournament first off uh, and uh, where it's being held and where can they go to get more information? Yeah, thank you, Ted. I've, we, we sincerely appreciate that. The golf tournament, again, is the Billy Casper Youth Foundation uh, Memorial Golf Classic. Uh, uh, a great tournament at the San Diego Country Club. Wonderful golf course. Uh, great food, great prizes, great camaraderie. Uh, it's going to be on May 7th. And there are, uh, I believe there's three or four spots left available. Um, but if somebody can't make it out to the event for, for any reason or if it's just too far, uh, we would welcome the support uh, literally just about in any way. Um, donations, um, team prizes, you name it. Uh, everything is uh, – well, we're very grateful for everything because it allows us to give supporters uh, a unique and wonderful experience and raise that much more much more money for the children's charities that we support. So again, it's at the San Diego Country Club on May 7th. The website is very simple. It's www.billyskids.com. And again, that's www.billyskids.com. Or you can reach out um, and um, and call uh, my office line and somebody will be more than happy to talk to you about how you can be involved. And that number is 619-637-9742. Perfect. Well, Byron, I want to thank you, as always, for coming on and, and uh, sharing your thoughts and, and obviously uh, talking a little bit about your father again. And I always enjoy uh, hearing some great stories. And I thank you for the story you shared this evening. That was one I hadn't heard yet. And uh, it was uh, <laughs> definitely uh one of interest and I look forward to having you come back again. So remember uh, the 2018 Billy Casper uh, Memorial golf classic will be held Monday, May the 7th, 2018 at the San Diego country club. And you can certainly contact the country club to, to get more information, or you can go to uh, billyskids.com, which is of course the website for the Billy kid, uh, Billy Casper, excuse me, uh, youth foundation. Uh, maybe you can donate uh, uh, some additional prizes or, uh, certainly some, some funds to, uh, to help the foundation, but go to billyskids.com uh, is the website. And uh, you can get a hold of my friend Byron on, uh, through his website as well at byroncaspergolf.com. My friend, it's always a pleasure as always. Uh, keep up doing the great work, and uh, we'll chat soon off air, okay? Okay, thank you, Ted, and uh, thank you all to the, the listeners. Uh, really enjoyed tonight, and uh, happy golfing. Sounds good, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ted. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was my very special guest, uh, Byron Casper, son, of course, of legendary Billy Casper. And, uh, uh, again, the uh, golf tournament coming up is the uh, 2018 uh, Billy uh, Casper uh, Memorial Golf Classic, uh, which is going to be held at the San Diego Country Club uh, uh, in a few weeks, Monday, May the 7th. And uh, if you want to get more information about it, you can certainly visit uh, the website for the Billy Casper Youth Foundation, which, again, is at www.billyskids.com, and there's all the information you need there. Uh, you can also, again, get in touch with Byron if you want. Uh, maybe you're looking for a golf lesson or just more information on some of the things that he's got uh, cooking in his area. Uh, go to byroncaspergolf.com. And he's also, as I mentioned, we didn't get a chance to talk uh, about it tonight, but also a national uh, U.S. golf ambassador for Links to Freedom, which is – 
uh, a great uh, golf rehabilitation program uh, using golf to help uh, many of our wounded uh, military uh, active and vets. Uh, so you want to go to linkstofreedom.org is that website to learn more information about that. Thanks again to uh, the Coach's Corner panel tonight for doing a great job. Uh, John Decker and Alicia Larson, thanks uh, to both of you for doing a fantastic job uh, tonight on the Coach's Corner panel. And again, uh, to uh, my good friend John Weir that uh, was also going to be on the panel. We hope everything's okay and uh, uh, glad that you were able to reach out in time to let us know that you weren't going to be able to make it. But uh, we hope everything's okay and I look forward to you joining us uh, on another panel discussion uh, in the future. But uh, on behalf of uh, all of the fans uh, around the world and all of the guests on the show, I want to thank each and every one of you uh, for faithfully tuning in each and every week here to Golf Talk Live. And it's really through the guest participation and, of course, the fan support that make uh, Golf Talk Live a first-class show. Uh, remember to tune in each and every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Just go to blogtalkradio.com uh, and type in Golf Talk Live up in the search key, and you can join us live Thursdays from 6 to 8 Central, uh, or you can scroll down to the on-demand section and listen to the show whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, you can also uh, catch the program on iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and or TuneIn.com uh, as well. Just type in Golf Talk Live, and that will take you to the uh, respective uh, links there. Uh, also, don't forget to join me every Tuesday, uh, also on the blogtalkradio.com network with my good friend and co-host, uh, LPJ professional Cindy Miller on the Women of Golf Show. We've got another great show coming up uh, this coming Tuesday, uh, so make sure you stick around for that. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf uh, under the search key, and that airs every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you join us there. We've got some great guests coming up. Cindy, of course, is not going to be with me uh, once again. This coming week, she's going to be away doing some uh, corporate events and things like that herself, uh, but will be joining me back on air uh, the following week. But uh, make sure you tune in next week, and don't forget to join me next uh, week as well, next Thursday, with another great Coach's Corner panel and another uh, interesting guest interview on the second half uh, here on Golf Talk Live. God bless everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week right here on Golf Talk Live.